I know how to record. Oh, yeah. I, I do it every week. I, it's the red button. All right, well, then you do the intro, then. If you're the, <laughs> the master of producing over here. Yeah, but you're going to make fun of me if I do it. How am I going to make fun of you? You're going to be like, that's how you do an intro. Look up look up the definition <laughs> of intro. Oh, my God. <laughs> and do it again, Eliza. <laughs> Take three. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Finally Girl, a horror movie podcast where each week we chronicle and critique a beloved. What is the other one? What are the other ones? <laughs> Cults in there. <laughs> or underappreciated horror film. <laughs> That's it. You got it. This week we're talking Nightmare on Elm Street. A nightmare. Oh, I'm sorry. A There's singular an nightmare. There's an article adjective there. There's a singular nightmare. It's a singular nightmare, but there's more than one nightmare. Yeah, I was going to say there are several nightmares. But it's all a part of one big nightmare. Yeah, I guess you're right. What's your name? Michael. <laughs> Hi, Michael. Hey, what's your name? Eliza. Yeah, so you were your, supposed to ask me. We're your me. hosts. <laughs> So Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, and we're back after another holiday hiatus. We are. Happy New Year, everybody. 2023. May it bring joy and be better than last year. 2023. That really, we're really starting to get into those numbers that just don't sound real anymore. They really do <laughs> sound fake. It's like when I was it's a not kid. Even I... a, it's not a good year. Like yeah. like 1984, that's a year. 1973, <laughs> that's a year. 2023. I never thought that this day would come. Do you do the 20s? Do you do 2023 or you do the 2000? Do you do two, I do, do 2023. You, you still say 2000? Um, Before 2020, I said tw- like 2019. I've been I've been doing the 20s since we got into the teens. Really? Yeah, I've been saying 2013, 2014. Sometimes you'll I'll slip up and I'll go 2016, but yeah, sometimes I say 2014, but usually it's 2014. When you when you say the 20, it, it makes it sound like more of a, a, a more of a year. When you say 2023, it's just a number to me. Really, I think it's the opposite. Why? I'm like, 2023 doesn't even sound like a year. It just sounds like the combination to my bike lock. doesn't sound like a year. You say it seems like about like 1974 then. That's different. 1974 sounds like a year. It sounds like a bike lock combination though too then. Right. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, So we're talking about Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. When was the first time you were aware of Mr. Kruger, Mr. Freddy Kruger? When or I was, a nightmare in Elm Street. Yeah, when I was 16 or 17, uh, I was a part of a haunted house situation, and I played... What is a haunted house situation? <laughs> so uh, a, a woman in my neighborhood had a haunted house. A woman in your neighborhood? Yeah, that we, like my friend and my family, were like we were friends. Like she had kids that were like the same ages as us. So it's like Tim Robinson on that... Um... Tim, <laughs> no, it's it's not like that. <laughs> kind of. Uh it's a little like that. She always threw a party every year. You went one year. Oh, it's Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> I'm not gonna say her name. Yeah. Gonna... And uh she did a haunted house that year and a lot of us actually she did two years in a row that I was a part of. But anyway, this one year I was playing a girl that was having a nightmare and then my counterpart was Freddy Krueger. And he was like haunting me and you had no source material to go i had upon. no idea they were like oh all right you're in the freddy krueger set right <laughs> and i was like and you were like who the hell is freddy krueger sweet striped sweater you got it right and they were like did you look up freddy krueger no. No. no of course not they just said that i had to act like i was having a nightmare what did you do how did you act like you're having a nightmare it's I, very visual. I, I, it's not a very auditory. <laughs> you can't explain what you did. I just I I writhed in pain and I squirmed and turned around and back around. Turned around. <laughs> wow, and, it is yeah. nightmarish. Jeez. Yeah, it was pretty good. My eyes were closed the whole time. It was great. I didn't have to see anybody. So, that's your only. Yeah, that was. Uh, I had no idea. Connection to I, Mr. Kruger or no Nightmare on Elm Street. I didn't know what it was about until we watched it. <laughs> you didn't even know what it was. Well, I you had know. to have known. All I, I knew was that he had he a striped haunts, sweater. He haunts people's and their nightmares. He, I didn't even really connect that. I was just like, he's some guy that comes in at nighttime. I didn't even know it was like a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. 
And I knew he had like a burnt face. What's his face look like to you? Describe his face. What do you think? What do you when you look at it? What do you think of? Uh, a charred Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, he looks like Pee Wee Herman, but charred. A charred Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. All right, I did not expect that. <laughs> what, what uh, did you expect? I. A lot of people go, oh, he looks like pepperoni pizza. Yeah, sure. Um, no, he does not look like pepperoni pizza. <laughs> what, what pepper- well, the reason why I say that is he's actually the David Miller who did the makeup for it was actually playing around with pepperoni pizza when he came up with like how he was going to do the makeup. Wow. Yeah, no, I did not think pepperoni pizza. I guess I just don't <laughs> connect people and food like that. <laughs> There's a pizza bit too in, in Nightmare 4. Yeah, I didn't know there was a, a whole whole lot of these oh, you movies. didn't think this was a franchise like halloween or friday the 13th no and i was actually talking about it with a co-worker the other day and he was like duh freddy versus jason and i'm like oh yeah i have heard of that <laughs> but i've never seen friday the 13th either so well we're gonna do that next week because it is going to be friday the 13th yeah coming soon in january this month right well yeah it would be next week so it's gonna... next week yeah we're gonna do it next week oh geez okay so I want to get some slasher in, slashers in. So this is pretty much the road to Scream 6 from here on out in the podcast. We're going to do some slash. This is going to be slasher month. I mean, it's really going to be two month, two and a half, almost two and a half months of slashers because Scream 6 comes out March 6th. We're going to do some monument. Uh, yeah, we'll call them monumental slashers this month. This week is Nightmare on Elm Street. Next week's Friday the 13th. I'm debating between some for the last two weeks of January. Then all of February is going to be Scream. And then we're going to do Scream 5 and 6 the first two weeks of March. Okay. Or something like that. <laughs> but we're, we're we're slashers and Scream up until March 10th. That's, that's what I'm Okay. That sounds good. When, yeah, wait. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to ask you when the first time you watched Nightmare on Elm Street. Street. Yeah. I don't know, but it def I definitely saw it after I watched a lot of the Halloweens and the Friday the thirteenth. So Michael and Jason came before Freddy for me. It goes back to like what I said, I don't remember what episode, but it's another 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 franchise that doesn't really didn't really show up on TV a lot because a lot of the nightmare a lot of the it's a lot more graphic. Yeah. Um, it's a lot more inventive, a lot more body horror than mm-hmm. Halloween or Friday the 13th so it's not on TV but the first time I, I can recall the first time I ever saw F- like Freddy on screen I was at a friend's house I was in the fifth grade and he had this documentary about like all like the best horror villains in history and there was an entry about Freddy Krueger and I'll never forget the scene of the elongated arms going like him walking down that scared the hell out of me when I was a kid yeah, I did not know he was going to have slinky arms. Well, he can do anything. He doesn't necessarily have slinky. You'll see as we progress. We're, I mean, yeah, he just... we're not going to come back to Nightmare on Elm Street for a little bit. But as the franchise progresses, and as I said in Child's Play, you know, Freddy becomes more of like a one, one-line one guy. He gets, he gets funnier. He, okay. And, of course, the kills get... Oh, little more outlandish yeah he seems like he can just do whatever he wants be whatever he yeah, wants. yeah for sure but yeah that was my that documentary which i'm gonna have to i cannot remember the name of of course i was you know 10 years old so <laughs> but that was also that was also that same documentary is how i was introduced to leatherface too like i'd never seen but i i can tell you about when i watched i know i watched the, like the first nightmare on elm street not too long after that, but when I was about thirteen or fourteen, a lot of the the sequels were on YouTube for like the people had uploaded them on YouTube, and mm-hmm. and that's how I watched a lot of the sequels. When I, I went through, I think I think I went through like three through New Nightmare. What was it in three sixty p? It was like the worst. I don't. I can't remember. I'm sure it wasn't. It wasn't great quality. Yeah. But that's how I watched a lot of them originally. I don't have the. Much like, much like Child's Play, Chucky, I don't have that great first st- first story <laughs> about, yeah. about the the first movie like I do with like Halloween or just like about the franchise with like Friday the Thirteenth or I 
connected with it immediately. Just basically based, it really came down. Was it available on KB, cable TV at the time when I was younger? And I probably watched it. If not, mm. Yeah, my, my dad's been really excited for us to do A Nightmare on Elm Street. Why? Because it's like the only one he's ever watched out of all the ones that we've done so far. Wow, really? That's not the one I would think. I If, yeah. I, had, if I had to guess, it would have been like Halloween or maybe maybe... Mm-hmm. He never saw Halloween. Just because Halloween is he so... He loves Jamie Lee Curtis, too, so that's surprising. Wow. But, no, A Nightmare on Elm Street, what that came out in 90... Or 84, 84, right? Yeah. He graduated high school in 84, so it would have been, like, a pretty good... Okay. That makes sense. That yeah. makes some more sense. What is he... Th- did he tell you his opinion on it? No. No? No. <laughs> but he is an avid listener. I just saw my dad for New Year's, and he was like bringing up all these points that we've made in other episodes it's really cute did he tell did he say i was stupid or something yeah he <laughs> says you laugh too much again and yeah. i said well i can't help that i'm funny i've been trying to cut out the laughing really <laughs> i've been trying to cut out the laugh because even i like i'm listening to like oh my god stop laughing <laughs> i'm just so funny yeah that's it <laughs> you're mean all right moving on we can't talk about Nightmare on Elm Street, and of course this is, like I said, we're on the road to Scream, so we can't talk about Nightmare on Elm Street, or we can't talk about Scream without talking about Wes Craven, director of this movie, writer of this movie, director of Scream 1 through 4. Oh, wow. He died in 2015, so that's why he's not a part of the franchise anymore. Okay. Neither is really Kevin Williamson, who wrote the script for those uh, most of those movies, really the original one. You know anything about Wes Craven? You see anything from Wes Craven? You know, I don't this think is your so. Your first Wes Craven movie? It's gotta be. I don't think I've seen. Anything yeah, I don't. Else. I can't uh, look at his filmography. I don't think he would have ever seen anything. This would have been. This had. It's definitely. If any movie, it would have been this or Scream. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I've ever seen Scream. And you've never seen Scream. Yeah, Snuff Camp. Yeah. See, I knew that. Courtney Cox and David uh, Arquette. Yeah, David Arquette. Yeah, was Drew Barrymore in Scream. She. Well, we'll get to that later. Okay. Okay. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> You're right. I'll give you. You're right. Hell yeah. But Wes Craven, he's uh, you know, he's up there when you mention best horror directors. He's up there with John Carpenter and like Toby Hooper. He burst onto the scene in 1972, uh, directing Last House on the Left, which is something we'll cover at some point. That's a that's a hard movie to sit through. Definitely something I saw when I was way too young. And the reason I saw it is because it's like, oh, it's the director of A Nightmare on Elm Street. And then the director of Friday the 13th produced it, Sean Cunningham. So I was like, oh, I have to see that. How old were you? I don't It was too young. Mm-hmm. I it was like probably 10 years old or something like that. And you were like, yeah, it's the same director. There's, there's <laughs> 10 <laughs> years old. You're like, there, yeah. There's, there's, that, that is not a movie. That for sure is not a movie you should show to anybody yeah. under the age of like 16. Okay. <laughs> And then in 1977, he directed The Hills Have Eyes. You ever seen The Hills Have Eyes? No, but no. I've heard of it. <laughs> okay. And in 1982, he ended up, he directed the comic book ap- adaptation, Swamp Thing, in 1982. Never, I've never seen that. Ray Wise is in it, too. He's from Twin Peaks. Love Ray Wise. And I've never seen it. I don't know why I've never seen it, but I've I'll heard get of that to it one, one day. You mean, really? Like the movie Swamp Thing? Mm-hmm. Wow. It was, re- it was in a reference on a TV show. What TV show? Um, actually, two different TV shows, Gilmore Girls and Boy Meets World. You talk about... Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so by the time Nightmare rolls around in 1984, Craven was already... Not Karen, Craven was already... <laughs> well, he was a burgeoning name in horror. And then when... After Nightmare came around, you know, he became like horror royalty. Okay. But yeah, he was... He had already directed horror classics to that point. The inspiration for Nightmare on Elm Street. Craven read a series of articles in the LA Times about young men who were dying in their sleep while having nightmares, and it was over in Asia where this was happening. It was like articles over like a, a series, like over over months' time. And a lot of my research comes from. I mean, this is like the definitive piece on these movies is the Never Sleep Again documentary where they go in, in depth about every Nightmare on Elm Street movie. But in that documentary, he he talks about a particular young man who died in his sleep. And after he had died, the parents found sleeping bill, 
sleeping pills he had hidden under his mattress and a coffee maker he had hidden in his closet. Jeez. Which you kind of see in the movie. Yeah, yeah. She pulls Where, out a coffee maker. Yeah. That's where, like, the dying and the sleep comes from. And then the inspirations for Freddy. Craven had a bully when he was a kid whose name was Freddy. <laughs> so, so he's always... That's so hilarious. He says he always kind of, like, when he thinks of, like, a bad person, he kind of connect. you know, like, Freddy is... Freddy's that ass. Yeah. Okay. And then one time when he was a kid, he looked out his bedroom window and he saw this man in a hat. And it's, like, much like, like how Freddy wears, like, and a trench coat, which was the original design for him. For, he wanted them to wear a trench coat, too, on top. And he saw this man walking down the, this alley and the man, like, felt, he must, the, the man must have felt, or must have, like, felt somebody looking at them, knowing somebody was looking at them because he turned around and stared right at Craven, like, when he was a, and Craven was a little kid at the time, like I said. So it scared the hell out of him. Yeah. And which also makes me think that that he doesn't say it explicitly, but I wonder if that's what that's also where you why we get that that scene of Freddy walking down that alley. That's kind of where the inspiration for Freddy came from, and also like Craven, like eventually, as he thought to himself, "Well, what if this guy was trying to get them and he get these people in their dreams?" And he says he thought back to his. Bible training, and he's like, well, he said that man is after the children because of the sins of the parents. Obviously mentioned through Marge's little monologue. Yeah, that's in the true. cellar, Craven shopped around the script. He even showed it to Sean Cunningham, who we mentioned earlier. Didn't think it w- it would be scary because it takes place in dreams. He thought nobody's gonna find this terrifying. I mean, to me, it felt like it was more like. A haunting than a dream. What do you mean? Like, well, how do you differentiate the two? I don't know. How do you differentiate a nightmare and a haunting? I don't know. The, the what Freddie was doing felt. I mean, it was real because they could actually physically get hurt. Yeah. Whereas a nightmare, you don't wake up and have bruises on you. Well, I think. As much as I don't like to defend Sean Cunningham because the man didn't even understand the appeal of his own creation but i digress i think what he's especially if you like at the end of the movie everything seemingly at least at least i'm sure like the in this the original script in the way that craven says he wanted he wanted it to end more hopeful than it did because at the end you get the striped freddy cover of the convertible and the mom gets sucked through the (laughs) yeah which doesn't hold up, but it's fun. Uh, <laughs> it is pretty fun. <laughs> and it's seemingly, like, I'm I'm sure when you read that script, it seems like the whole thing was just a dream and everything's okay. And so, like, I guess from his, like, from that point of view, I guess I kind of get where he's coming from, unfortunately. But there is just, like, this dream logic throughout where even, like, like when... Nancy, I won't get into it a little bit more, but when Nancy goes, when Nancy has Glenn, good old John Depp, uh, I don't know about good old, but um, he, which, and this is a trope in, in this, this franchise, where he's like, watch me and wake me up if something bad happens. Of course, he falls asleep too. Of course. You have it, like, and you see, Nancy, like, calls back to him and he, like, appears from, out from a tree. Right. And it's like, is he in the dream too? Is she just making this up? Like, we don't really know. Yeah, like, there's I had a lot that of dream same question. Too. I even wrote that in my notes. I was like, is he in the dream? Is he in the dream? Is he already asleep? Yeah. Like, I, I, my reading is that he's already asleep and like he's already failed. Exactly. But there's that dream logic throughout, which I, as much as I like Wes Craven, he is a very by the books filmmaker. Like, he's very point and shoot. He doesn't like, his compositions aren't artful. He's not. Especially for something that's so fantastical in nature. Especially a lot of his movies are so fantastical in nature. I think it's because he comes from an academic uh, point of view. It's very... It's not necessarily that means that he's a bad filmmaker at all. Because I I love him. It's just he's... He doesn't... It's not like a a David Lynch film where you have that, that dream logic and everything feels... It has that feeling that of uneasiness this movie is like i don't know and it's why it's not really up there for me for like like a halloween is like it doesn't have that factor of like taking me out of the world too much like you could still feel like you're you're tethered to the real world Mm -hmm. to a sense yeah i get that 
which is why I don't think it it becomes a I don't know not like the like masterpiece level mm-hmm. as much as I love this movie I don't but anyway the, the the script floated around Hollywood for years until a a certain Bob Shea took a liking to it Bob Shea is the founder of the film studio Noonline Cinema oh okay uh, and before Nightmare came along New Line really wasn't on the map hmm. they had done some small features and they did a, they did a lot of re-releases like they re-released reefer madness and okay. stuff like that and they were getting by and then nightmare be- came along and then they started to become a financial success and even like going all the way like they did the lord of the rings trilogy and they right. won oscars and and it kind of became the 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 say they, they used to say that it's the studio that freddie built the house that freddie built <laughs> that's cute Let's get into the the actors, the characters, the the stars. So I want want to before we we go into our our star here, Heather Langenkamp. Mm-hmm. In the Never Sleep Again documentary, Craven says he I wanted very much to do young heroines that didn't trip and fall down. Uh, so he wanted to he wanted to write strong female characters and I guess in, in Scream as well with Sydney and I mean like. Uh, do you think that that Nancy let, let's let's forget about the performance yeah, for a that's, second? That's exactly what I was about to say. Is that let's the for, role was written well? Yeah, let's. And I think even in the Never Sleep docu again documentary, like Craven says that like, he wanted to get like a, the girl next door, which is you know he wanted somebody who just looked very innocent. Which I mean, she, she does, does look very innocent, and she does come off that way i don't know off necessarily in the in a good way always yeah the role was written very well very much like a strong female character i just think it was executed poorly her acting skills (laughs) were not good she i will say heather langenkamp and this this is another reason I, i i didn't really think until really doing or preparing for this episode is probably why nightmare hasn't always been on on that same level as like a halloween is heather langenkamp is <laughs> it's actually the second time in a few weeks i've watched this movie because shutter just happened to like drop all the nightmares on their service last month Aww. so i was just like i'm gonna go through all of them whatever so this is like the second time i've watched it in a few weeks and even then i was like oh man she's rough it's 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 almost hard to watch in some of the scenes. It's kind of like this is really I don't know how they the other actors in the scenes with her could finish a scene because it, I I don't know how they were well, feeling like feeding off of a each lot. Other. I mean, you have to think a lot of a lot, a lot of these a lot of her interactions are with the young kids. Yeah, but I thought the even other the, kids even, did great job. Like Johnny Depp did a pretty good job. He was fine. Like I, I I'm not saying he her did a bad job. Like he was fine. I do think Amanda Wiss, who plays the, the, the girl who were... Tina, I think. Yeah, Tina, who were supposed... I mean, obviously it comes off... They He kind of does like a psycho thing where you think that's going to be the main character of the movie and then she get, dies first. Yeah, and, and, and it was kind of annoying because I like Tina a lot better. Like the actress was a lot better. Way more interesting and like you want to watch her. Yeah. Like the other girl did not care for her. Nancy, well, she does return in in two other movies. She's I do, technically a final girl, right? Yeah, she is. Even though at the end, she is. She is. Everybody's alive. Are or they? Are they? Are I they? don't know. I, I don't know. I don't think they are. Um, okay. Especially if we go based off of sequels, which don't. I mean, I can't base anyway, anything off of. The yeah, sequel, I know so. you can't, but I. I said they're they're all dead. She Heather Langenkamp, to her credit. I do think she gets better in each appearance. Well, that's series. good. That's good. I'm glad she's learning. <laughs> I don't think that she. I don't. I mean, she's never. She's never going to be one of my f- my favorite final girls. She's never going to be one of my favorite actresses. But... I think sh- sh- her Nancy could have been a fantastic final girl. The whole act. You think of like, like one one of the one of the one of the best? Yeah. Well, I, mean, oh, I, mean, I, I think she could have even but... if they had a better actress in that role. I think I could have liked her better than Laurie Strode. Maybe, yeah. I think I really could have 
Maybe even seeing Jamie Lee in that role would have been interesting. I don't know. But she would have been a little too old for it at the time because I think the character was supposed to be like 15. I don't know how old they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be like I'm pretty sure they said 15. Which Heather, what was her name? Heather Lane Camp. She did look 15. <laughs> she looked very young. I think she was 20 at the time. Was she Wow. 20? She looked really young. Yeah, she was 20 at the time. I was right. May have been 19 when they were filming, but 20, 19, 20. Wow. So yeah, very young. Uh, her career, outside of nightmares, you know, there's not not a lot to talk about there. She was just recently in Mike Flanagan's Netflix miniseries, The Midnight Club, which I hadn't watched because I got sick of his last his last series, Midnight Mass, and he just I don't know. He's he should go back to movies. I don't think TV's is right for him. Anyway, so, I mean, like, she's still getting work. She's still, I mean, like, she seems like a nice lady. <laughs> I mean, good for her. It's yeah. not that I hated her. No, I, I know. And I, it wasn't that she was absolutely terrible. It was just that she could have done so much with this role, and it's almost disappointing that she didn't. I mean. Yeah, and we'll get into her um, her line readings and oh, just her, her performance in general later on. Yeah. <laughs> it was just not good. And we'll, of course, then we got Johnny Depp as oh, he's Glenn, so Nancy's handsome. boyfriend. Yeah, Glenn. We know. I didn't know, know he was in this talk movie. About him, yeah. This is his his debut, I yeah. guess, because it said introducing Johnny Depp in the opening credits, and I was like, introducing. Yeah, the good old introducing credit. According to Bob Shea. Charlie Sheen wanted to play the role, but his asking price was way too high. What a different movie that would have been. Charlie Sheen in 1984, and he was asking 84, how yeah. much. I, I, it was too high. All right, then we're going to go to good old Freddy Krueger. So originally, David Warner was cast as Freddy Krueger, but he dropped out due to another commitment. After that, they brought in Robert Englund, and the rest is history. History. And yeah, he's been... he's played freddy in every movie besides the remake in 2010 is he still Even freddy kicking? versus jason yeah he's still still alive he was in the last season of stranger things oh yeah yeah didn't watch that i'm not a stranger things guy do you notice how freddy kind of slouches the one sign you see how yeah he kind of like i thought he was like almost limping Anglin says he did that because like how heavy the glove was the the knife, oh the, wow the finger, the finger knife glove and so he just kind of like so instead that. of working out, he uh, just was like, I'm just going to slouch. Yeah, we kinda get, I, I like it. Like, he looks cool. I like it. I'm not saying I don't like it, but are knives really that heavy? I get, apparently that thing was heavy. That thing, I mean, like that glove itself is like made of, I don't know, it looks pretty heavy. Yeah, it looks like leather and knives, but. Do you think that Freddy is a child molester? I mean, yeah, I do, because in the mom's story, when she was telling Nancy, like, he used to bring these kids to the boiler room, I mean, that led me to believe that he was doing a little diddling, but I I can't be certain. I'm going to assume, yeah, but it's also kind of like in that movie Black Phone with um, Ethan Hawke. Was he molesting the children or was he just keeping them for a game i feel like maybe it's like a game to freddy i mean it clearly is a, a little bit of a well, game. i think it you get i think it's more implied in this movie yeah i feel like that that's originally was he was going to be a child molester but there was a a, a famous case at the time about child molestation Ugh. and so they kind of backpedaled on it I mean, I get it. I kind of like the implication of it, never outright saying it. I mean, you even get the the bathtub scene where Freddy's... Yeah, he comes, uh, like, through her yeah, legs. In between her in legs, between her yeah. Legs. And then we have John Saxon, Lieutenant Thompson, back-to-back appearances Eyebrows. in the podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Back-to-back lieutenant roles. That's why he looks so familiar. Oh, my I did not clock that. I was like, man... Wow. And then I was like, maybe it's because, like, I've seen an image. No. Well, yeah, he was also... He's back. He was the sheriff in Black Christmas? He was the lieutenant. Lieutenant. Yeah. That's what it was. I said back-to-back lieutenant rules. Oh, I didn't hear that part. I, I just heard back-to-back. 
And you get Ronnie Blakely, who plays the mom, Marge. She's nominated. She's actually nominated for an Oscar for her performance in Robert Altman's Nashville. She was she was actually a musician. She she did backup vocals for Bob Dylan. So she's wow. had an interesting career. I don't know. I don't. Not really sure if I'm a fan of her performance either in this movie. I was actually gonna say that. I was like, I, I, she wasn't really anything to write home about. She wasn't bad at all. She just. I think in there there were some scenes, especially when she's down in the um, basement with Nancy talking about. Yeah, she has. She overacted. Well, I don't even. I don't know if I. I would. Maybe that's. I would say just everything's. She's just like a little off the whole movie. Like she's like not in the same movie. You know. It seemed like she like they was just, like a play. They actress. just dropped her into like she was just dropped in from a different movie. It's so strange. She just feels like she should be like doing this role on stage and not in a movie. That's how it felt to me. She felt like a theater actress. And like obviously she's trying to. Um, and like maybe it has something to do with like her playing an alcoholic, and like maybe she's trying oh, yeah. to play play that up. But it's just like I don't know. She feels alien. Very the whole distant. Time. Doesn't feel like. I did and, like and then her. Also, like the the dialogue she has to, she has to perf- perform in that scene in in the cellar. Like, yeah. It's so like the judge got fat and yeah it, it, he <laughs> the was judge got rich. famous and yeah. the lawyers got fat <laughs> lawyers got fat it, it was like where, well, where did this dialogue come the from the only time that i really really loved her was whenever not loved her but i really liked her was when nancy was in the bathtub and you have the scene where she's like picking the lock on the bathroom door and coming in yeah but do you like the character or do you like the performance i think it's like that's more of like you like the character yeah i like the character there. yeah i guess you're right those are the parents split up uh you got Amanda Wiss, who I mentioned before, she was in one of the most beloved teen sex comedies of all time, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Mm. She was in the Highlander TV series. Outside of Nightmare, I know her most from uh, playing Woody Boyd's uh, girlfriend in Cheers for a couple episodes. (laughs) Ex-girlfriend in Cheers for a couple episodes. And you got Charles Bernstein is the, the composer of the film, and he's... I liked the score a lot. You liked the score a lot? Yeah. It's one of my... It's another one. I like it. Um, at least like the main theme. I thought it was fantastic. He doesn't come back for any of the, any any other movie in the series. His oh, like main title score does appear throughout some of the movies. It doesn't appear in two at all. No, I enjoyed it a lot. I felt like, uh, especially during the dream sequences, everything matched. I felt the the vibe on screen yeah. really well. It made me a little creeped out, and I, it was funky at points, like very 80s, yeah. I, which I really enjoy. I think it gets a little too 80s for me, but... No, I thought they. I thought it was good, though. I really enjoyed it. You think it's too 80s? At some points, yeah, I do. What a baby. The kids of Elm Street don't know it yet, but something is coming to get them. There's something out there, isn't there? We just see cuts happen. What did that, Lieutenant? I don't know. There's a coroner got to say. He's in the jaw and puking since he saw it. So do you think she just started, like everyone just started having these dreams, but how long ago did the parents all band together to kill Freddy or Fred Krueger? He's called Fred a lot in this movie. Yeah, it's really weird when they call him Fred. <laughs> I'm not scared of a guy named Fred. Freddy I'll tell you that. Scarier? Freddy is scarier. I think, Fre- I, <laughs> I think Freddy's scarier than Fred. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Fred Krueger just sounds like the accountant that lives down the street. Freddy Krueger? Fuck that. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Maybe you're right. I don't know. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> but yeah, like all of a sudden what 10 years later maybe all the kids are having the same nightmare you know i guess he's finally just like realized he can haunt dreams i don't know i guess maybe, so. he, maybe he spent he spent a long time trying to figure that out he made a deal it. with the devil yeah he's a he's now a, he can go through walls he's an agent of satan i guess so that's what i thought at first i was like hmm everyone's having this nightmare especially with like the whole crucifix coming off the wall in the beginning when nancy's having the nightmare I felt like, oh, is this like a demon situation? Is this a, a supernatural kind of movie? But it really isn't. I think it is. I mean, he can haunt you in your dreams and you can pull... He, he's able to kill people in his dreams. Yeah, That's supernatural. But it's, uh, I, yeah, it's... 
supernatural without feeling like a movie about the supernatural about a it's literally a movie about a ghost coming back and killing people he never got the chance to kill before so weird freddy's a ghost i would say he's a demon more than a ghost you think he's a demon more than a ghost yeah so you do think when he died he made a deal with the devil the devil was like yo you did a good job in life let me give you the role of demon and so it took him 10 years to get that promotion that's what you think yeah. <laughs> i like that idea maybe i like the i like the, the the credit sequence of him like you know making his glove yeah i thought that was cool too um he was like digging through uh scraps and stuff like that he looked like edward scissorhands <laughs> i was like this reminds me of the opening to edward scissorhands or scissors hand Scissor Edward hands. Scissor's hand. <laughs> Scissor's hand. Scissors. Uh-oh. Scissor hands. Scissor hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Scissor hands. Which is pretty funny because my man Johnny Depp. I get yeah. He... <laughs> but I was like, so Johnny Depp was in Edward Scissor hands before Edward Scissor hands existed. I guess so. Pretty cool. <laughs> Actually, Freddy Scissor hand. Just one hand. Knife hands. Thank you. Freddy knife hand. Um, I do enjoy. The first nightmare we see right in the um, beginning of the movie with Nancy asleep. No, it's Tina. It's It's Tina's nightmare that we see first. I love the fog. It does make it feel very dreamlike, like you're in another, like an alternate universe, kind of. That's how Mm -hmm. it felt to me every time they were dreaming was like an alternate universe. And then when they were awake, it was kind of like a deja vu, Mm -hmm. which was weird. That would drive me bananas. Yeah, he torments Tina throughout the, the boiler room, and mm-hmm. she wakes up with the torn shirt, sliced shirt. We get that first instance of, like, the parents who aren't really around, it seems, because, mm-hmm. like, she's got her, her boy toy there, which is a... Rod. It's a... No, no. The parents. Her oh. her, her mom comes in with her boyfriend. Who oh, to oh, oh. To, yeah, I forgot about that. You seem to have a lot of absentee parents, or, like, parents who don't have other things going on. Yeah, they're not really aware of what's going on in their child's life. And Which kind of seems very 80s to me. It seems like timeless to me. What do you I mean? You mean by what's 80s about it? I don't know. I felt like they're, they're, the latchkey kid was coming around. It was post uh, the 50s, 60s, like stay at home, cookie cutter mom thing. Moms and dads were all well, both I, working at this time. Yeah, I think a lot of, but a lot of, but also like there's a lot of this, a lot of fifties nostalgia in the eighties, where a lot of there were a lot of uh, like stay at home moms and that ideal of the nuclear family was coming back after the seventies. Hmm. Because we were in the middle of Reagan, but yeah, that's a common trope in this in this film franchise is like the absentee parents and. Or not even necessarily absentee, just like not understanding, not uh, not attuned with 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 their kids, not actually listening to what their kids are saying to them, which we see with Nancy and her parents. Yeah, who are they're just <laughs> they, they like hear what she says, but they don't listen at all. Kind of like me talking to you. You're just always talking about this crazy guy haunting in your dreams. I'm like, yeah, okay, you're fine. But he's got a dirty sweater. It's so dirty. They make a huge point about that. Nancy's like, it's the dirtiest sweater. <laughs> I've never seen a dirtier sweater. Apparently the reason why he wears red and green is because Wes Craven read somewhere that like those are the two like those two colors are like hardest to look at, like with the human eye. But those are Christmas colors. Um... <laughs> it's a Christmas movie, surely. Yeah, I guess so. After that we meet the, all the we meet the uh, the main cast, or the main cast of teenagers, yeah. Tina, Nancy, Glenn, and Rod. Rod. They all want to come over, so Tina's not alone. Well, she's been having these nightmares. And uh, to stay over, Johnny Depp's character, Glenn, calls his mom, pretending he's at his cousin's house or something. And his cousin lives near the airport, so we have a really cool scene where he has a recording of an airport, like airplanes taken off. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> it was so loud right next to the phone. I live right near the airport. <laughs> and then Nancy and Tina, they realize they've been dreaming about the same guy. Mm-hmm. And so this is where I think, like, 
or definitely you see like West trying to write these smart characters, like fairly smart characters, because like Tina's trying to figure out like what the hell's going on, even though she is the first one to die. She's like, oh, you dreamed about you dreamt about him too. You did, like- why is everyone having this nightmare? Like, what the heck is going on? Which seems weird that Tina's the first one to die. Well, I guess, I don't know, maybe Freddy was saving Nancy for last, it feels. Because I figure he would go after her first since her mom seemed to be like the ringleader of all the other parents. I don't know if it seems like she's a ringleader. It just seems like she's a part of it. I think. I think well, the I fact think that she a- stole his knives, doesn't that make it seem like she's uh, the one who orchestrated this whole thing? I, I could see that, but it seems like all the parents were involved. Like yeah. even Even like Glenn's parents. Yeah. Oh, they were definitely involved. They seemed like the kind of people that just want to set someone ablaze. Yeah, they're very, like, typical Reagan-era parents. Yeah, very protective. Like, oh, don't let her call here. Glenn doesn't need to talk to her. (laughs) And then, of course, they all go to sleep. Well, before that, the... Tina and Rod get it on. She, oh God! Oh Rod! <laughs> so <laughs> bad. Fantastic. And what Johnny Depp says, he's like, uh, "Being mo- morality sucks." That's what he said. Morality sucks. Yeah. Uh, I loved that. And then we kind of find out that Rod's been having mm-hmm. that same dream. Tina's death scene was pretty amazing. Whole lot of blood right out the gate, though. Yeah, that's still one of the most brutal. That's still one of. The- even though it's in the first film, it's one of the most brutal deaths in the whole franchise. One of the most beautiful, brutal deaths in film. Her being drugged oh, yeah. up that wall and across the ceiling. It's, and it's, it's awful. And it seems like it goes on for 90 days. It's And and then even when you get to Johnny Depp's kill later on, which we don't actually see, but He's the amount of blood. The, yeah. the amount of blood that comes out it's is awful. It's funny that you, awful. you mentioned those two deaths because those two deaths are actually filmed on the same set they hmm. so you the way tina's death was was filmed and they shot that in a rotating set and what does that mean so everything was in every like prop or like like piece of furniture was nailed to the ground nailed mm-hmm. to the floor they actually had people that would rotate the set. Okay. So that's how why it seems like she's going up the wall. Oh. And like they nailed like the camera operator. It, it did and, seem and, like while I was watching Tina's death, I was like, I wonder if she's technically on the floor right now when she was on the ceiling. And she did that so well. Her reaching her arms out. It, it really looked like she was on the ceiling. So that that's like so... I can't even imagine... I, I would nobody love to would have ever, watched nobody that. would ever do that today and with I'll just mention it now since we're talking about like in Glenn's death scene when they had the water they had that like red water shoot out mm-hmm. from the bed like that went everywhere it hit the the lights up there the guy who was dumping the water got electrocuted <gasps> and like <laughs> sparks were flying nobody got hurt <laughs> yeah. Jesus yeah. it was wild nobody wow. they'd never they'd never do that today. That's so cool. I would. I really would have loved to have seen the filming of that. But yeah, they actually had people like manually rotating that. I can't even. <laughs> That's amazing. It definitely reminds me of like a theater situation. So yeah, that 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 death. That's the best death. And even leading up to that, we get a lot of cool stuff like a Freddy walking down that alleyway, the yeah. elongated arms. Is that when he says, "I am God"? Yeah. This yeah. well, this a little bit after this. This is God. This is God. That's what it is. His Fred, laugh is Did you like when he chases her? Awful. <laughs> no, I don't. He's all over the place. He's running like he's like skipping and running and his arms are flailing. It's it's like it's funny and then all of a sudden it's terrifying. Yeah, and that the you get a little, little taste of that and Freddy becomes more of a, a jokester as like I said as the series goes on. And also with that you see before before Tina's death, he cuts off his fingers and like yeah. that acid like yeah it was like squirts out of his arm maggot his poop fingers. coming out of him well yeah well yeah you get the maggots yeah. coming out of his chest it was she so takes scary. off his his face mm-hmm. at one point you 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 groaned audibly I was like oh his face was so gross it was a lot gorier than I expected this movie was which kind of threw me off because he is so funny. But then it's like, oh, you're killing he... in an awful way. He's not that funny in this. He's kind of funny. 
I like like when he cuts off his hand or his arm or his, his fingers. fingers and he's just like <laughs> his laugh. He laughs all the time. <laughs> Constantly cackling. He's having a good time. Yeah. Yeah, you can tell. He loves to kill. So after Tina's death, Rod gets the hell out of there because he's like, no one's ever going to believe me. Yeah. <laughs> and we're at the police station. That's when we meet John's, John Saxon's character. And Heather Langenkamp has this Awful scene where scene. she cries and just cries. <laughs> That's and the worst scene in the whole fades, movie. It fades out because I feel like they're like, oh, God. We gotta, you think we I gotta... don't care about her death? I can't even do what she did. It was so bad. And we go to the next day at school. Tina's, or excuse me, Nancy's in class. We forgot one of the best scenes with uh, Johnny Depp looking for the cat when Rod comes to the house with Tina. Oh, you like this a lot. Oh, yeah. When when, um, Johnny Depp goes outside looking for their cat, he's like, here, kitty, kitty. Chow, chow, chow. (laughs) And then Rod jumps out looking like a 1950s greaser so another thing with um rod who is a latin man he's playing italian Mm -hmm. because at the time his his agent gave him a whole new name his name because he's credited as nick corey his real name is jesu garcia no one knows where it came from or who it will visit next nancy something wrong with you you're imagining things nightmare on elm street do you believe in the boogeyman no whatever you do don't fall asleep in any event we got the next day after after rod has been captured by the police we got the classroom scene we see good old Lynn Shea, the brother, the, the brother, the sister of Bob Shea. Lynn Shea is the, the English teacher. Mm-hmm. She's from Insidious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, our scary movie queen up here. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Well, yeah, she had a, I don't want to say a resurgence. She really, like, kind of came into her own with the Insidious movies. She's great in those movies. Not that I've. Yeah, I love her. Not I think I'm she's great. I'm a big great. fan of them anymore, but at least the first one. I like Insidious. I like those movies. Then we get Tina in a body bag. Oh, that was so, so ha- good. That's haunting. So ghost-like. I loved that. And I loved the pool of blood and then the trail of blood all the way to the boiler room. And then you keep seeing Tina in the body bag. It's so good. Very scary. That feels like a nightmare to me. <laughs> And then the hall monitor, Freddy's the snow running. Oh my god, I know, and I knew it immediately after seeing that girl. I'm like, that's a Freddy. Like, it literally looks like Freddy. (laughs) No running in the hallway. That's what it sounds like. Did I do that good? Not bad. Yeah, that's frightening. Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't say frightening. That's scary. (laughs) Then we go to the Rod and Nancy at the jail, and this is where Heather Langen camp. She looks at Rod like he's insane and tells her and tells him that she believes him. Mm-hmm. And, and we know that she believes him, but good God, does it not make <laughs> Yeah, she's like, um, he's like, do you believe me? And she's like, sure. And then she's she like, stares <gasps> at him like he's insane. oh, my God. And then there's like knocks on the door and then like runs out really fast. And I'm like, where are you going, Nancy? This poor guy. And immediately after the scene, I was like, well, I guess Rod's going to die next in the jail cell. And then we get Nancy in the bathtub. And she's singing that one, two, Freddy's coming for you song. Three, four, better lock your door. Five, six, grab your crucifix. Seven, eight, better stay up late. Nine, ten, never sleep again. So good. That's how you learned your numbers. Uh, but I'm like, why is she singing this song? She's just begging for Freddie to come and get her now. It's a catchy tune. I don't know about that. You she's won't probably, catch me singing that in the bathtub. I, I'm assuming she's asleep at that point. No, she hadn't fallen asleep yet. I'm assuming that she actually is asleep, though. Oh. Well, if we think about it, is she asleep the whole time? I know Robert Anglin, Freddy Krueger, believes that the whole movie is a dream until the the very end. Mm-hmm. I I like that idea. I'm like, eh. 
But she finds these stay awake fast pills. Or no, wait, stay awake fast action is what it was. Fast acting or fast action. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, who has these pills in their medicine cabinet? I got so many of them. What are you talking about? Yeah, right. Okay. And then we have Johnny Depp climbing up the trellis outside of her window. And I'm like, why does every teenage girl have a trellis? Did you see what she was falling asleep to in her bed? What she was watching? No. Evil Dead. Was it Evil Dead? Yeah. yeah. Why is she watching that before bed? Of course she's having nightmares. (laughs) Not that I've ever seen Evil Dead. Yes, you have. Have actually. I? Yeah, when? You won't. <laughs> we were in college. Yeah, no, I don't remember that. Well, I mean, we'll get to that eventually. But this is when you get one of my favorite uh, Nancy lines where she grabs the mirror and she goes, Oh, God, I look 20 years old. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my God, 20 years old. Jesus, you're old. And this is this is where Nancy wants Glenn to watch her as she sleeps and you know wake her up if she's she seems like she's in trouble yeah. yeah and she asks him if he believes in the boogeyman and i'm like oh are we bringing the boogeyman into this more now? boogeyman talk more boogeyman talk i will say if somebody was like what does the boogeyman look like i would <laughs> I was like, yeah, he looks more like Freddy Krueger. Oh yeah, than Michael Myers. One hundred percent. I was actually thinking that. I I would definitely think Freddy more than Michael Myers. Michael Myers doesn't seem like a boogeyman. I mean, Freddy Krueger looks like a big booger. So like, yeah, he so does look like a big bo- uh, b- uh, like a bloody booger. <laughs> Nancy checks in on Rod at the jail. Freddy ch- chases Nancy. And then she she runs up the stairs at one point. You get the sticky stairs. Apparently that was just bisquick, like really. I loved that. It looked like marshmallows. Like she was just stepping in marshmallows, which also felt very dreamlike. But I do like that uh, Nancy's mom gets her checked out for like a sleep analysis and try and figure out what's going on because she's been noticing Nancy hasn't been getting any sleep. It's like she's kind of paying attention to Nancy. Yeah. Enough to get her she, a little bit of help. She pulls the his hat. Yeah, that's when of, she brings his hat world. back. And she realizes that like the real world and that nightmare is all connected. I like the line that Nancy's mom has around this time where she goes, He's dead. Mommy killed him <laughs> when she's talking about Fred getting murdered by the these band of parents are you is that the same scene where, where she's like maybe i'll veg out like you mom and just drink yeah and she's like fred krueger mom fred, fred krueger mom it's, so, it's the one of the oh boy it's such a cringy line reading oh and the both of them together just yeah they're both pure cinematic a, bliss like ronnie blake like i said she's like on a different planet and Nancy or Heather Lane Camp is just like she's that's another thing that makes me feel a little bit a little bit bad for her is like I just like I get the sense that she's getting no help from her scene partner here at all she definitely isn't in this whole movie I feel like the only one she kind of works well with on screen was Johnny Depp sometimes her dad uh, what was his name again John Saxon John Saxon yeah. yeah sometimes with him I think those scenes worked a little bit better but every scene that she has with her mom is awful. It's just bad. It's just, I don't want to say it's awful or bad, but, it, you know. It, it's it, uncomfortable. Yeah, well, it's, everything's a little off. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it doesn't work. And we see Glenn and Nancy on the bridge after Fred, after Fred, Jesus, after Rod has been hung by Freddy. And she's reading the booby trap book. I love this. This is why I'm like so disappointed about the actress who played Nancy. I I'm like, man, this seems like something I would do. Just get a book on bo- booby traps and Home Alone myself with uh with this nightmare. Yeah, the Home Alone trope before Home Alone. Six yeah, years before exactly. And I'm like, someone really could have nailed this whole Nancy situation. I gotta stop saying the word situation. Have you said it that much? I've said it like five times in this episode. They're standing on that bridge. You see a palm tree. I didn't even notice that. Um, I noticed it because <laughs> this. I don't think it. I don't think it. It's explicitly mentioned in this movie. It, they do say they're in Springwood, the town, but 
throughout the series, this is supposed to be Ohio. Mm. <laughs> I wouldn't have guessed that. Boring. Very interesting. I mean, you know, it's like Halloween where we're supposed to be in Illinois and you can see, I mean, it's a lot harder to see the palm trees in that movie, but we're in California there too. Yeah. So, you know, whatever. I just think it's funny. Nancy's mom installed bars on all the windows in the house. Yeah, her mom's going crazy. That's shortly after where we we get the the backstory for Freddy yeah. in the basement. And like, why have these kids never heard of this case? How old were they? Well, That's what I'm saying. Okay. 10 years, okay. 12 years down the line. They're I think, 15. See, I, I, I go, th- I have that same thought process. But if we, if we put ourselves as, we're going to, we'll say 16, 17 year olds in 1984. We have no internet. We live in a small town. There is a possibility where, like, if you were, like, five, six years old, seven years like, he would not remember any of this. Even if, we don't even know if it's ten years. Maybe it's even longer than that. Yeah, that's what is weird to me, that it would be longer than that. Because why is he coming back now in their nightmares at 15? Especially if he was a child molester. Seems like it was kids around the age of, what, three or four then, that he was going after if the parents of these... I I always assumed that... I mean, that, that's not... We, we don't really know what the age of the kid... I, I would, like, somewhere between, like... I was thinking, like, six like or seven. Pre- I was thinking, like, pre-teens. Oh. Yeah. Maybe it was that old. In that, in and that like case, may, and like maybe, they should have known. And maybe, like, a lot of these parents, like, had their kids murdered, and then they had, like... Like, let's say, like, Nancy's parents, like, they had a kid murdered, and then, like, 10, 15 years later, they had another kid. Yeah. Because... Their other kid got murdered. Yeah, well, not I necessarily mean, because, but, um... Even if they were, like, between 6 and 13 when this happened, they would remember that there were kids that they went to school with who all of a sudden weren't there one day. More than one, because she did say kids were being murdered. I don't yeah, know. Uh, I I know I'm getting too serious. I see. I always thought that it was like 20 years ago when he did all that. At least it just seems weird then, because they're only 15. I I don't know. I don't think it, I don't think the men. Yeah, <laughs> I do. But I like this scene when um Nancy's trying to reach Glenn and Glenn's parents don't like that she keeps calling because Glenn's dad thinks she's a bad influence on Glenn and. Then Freddie calls her, and you get his tongue through the phone. I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. <laughs> so good. And then Glenn gets swallowed by his bed. Do you like that he's listening to records and watching TV at the same time? His his bed TV. His bed TV. That's which like probably like 30 pounds. Yeah, Nancy <laughs> was doing the same thing, except hers was on a chair. Yeah. I, I think that was normal. To have a bed TV? To have a bed TV. I don't think it was that normal. My dad had a TV that had like a handle on the top of it that you could move around like that too. Did he he lay it on his lap and go to sleep with it? Not that I know of, but he did move it around. (laughs) So ridiculous him listening to Ryan. And the TV sound on is so loud. Not that I have... Yeah, I was going to say that sounds just like you. I guess in the 80s that probably would have been me. That would have been you. And so much blood coming from Glenn that it's coming through the ceiling on the floor below his bedroom in the house. Ugh. So gross. So sad, my babe, Glenn. Eh. You didn't care for him? He was a boring character. Um, he's just kind of an idiot. I didn't think he was an idiot. He didn't really listen. Well, he's a 15-year-old boy. He, he, I don't know. I don't have any attachment to him. I thought he was sweet. I thought Rod. It, I think Rod was nicer than him. Yeah, Rod in his leather jacket, <laughs> no shirt and jeans on, running from the cops. Eventually, Nancy's dad arrives at the scene of the crime over there. Nancy calls him, and <laughs> I love the line where he goes, "Just tell me who did it. I'll go get them, baby." Like he's, I don't know, he's like a very convincing dad to me. I, yeah, I, I like thought he did a, a good job. I like him. He, um, I don't know. When he's on screen, you feel almost comfortable. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I agree. I think he he was probably the star of this movie, besides Freddie. 
he had a, he had the best performance. He's, I mean, like I, I think he's good in everything he does. I just realized my mom was fifteen and eighty four. I know it's off she topic. I been, just thought about it. She could have been killed by Freddie. She could have been killed by Freddie. She lived on Elm Street. I should get her opinion on the movie too. And then Nancy sets up the booby traps, saying the Lord's prayer before she goes to sleep. <laughs> Isn't the first time that? Well, I wouldn't say it's the. It's not the first time. It's not the only time that craven's done like booby traps in his movies like he did he did some of that in the last house on the left and definitely in the people under the stairs people under the stairs is one of my probably my second well it's in my it's in my top three craven movies i think my favorite scene with freddie is right here when he's following her through the house through all of her booby traps that that's definitely my favorite of freddie in the whole movie it was Why so much that? fun. Yeah. There was just a lot. He gets hit by the sledgehammer. Yeah. It was just a lot of fun and kind of like made your heart race a little bit. She's like, oh, is she actually going to catch him this time? This is like her third try trying to catch Freddy and bring him out. Like, it seems like he actually was brought out of her dream. I'm like, is this a dream? What What's going on? What's real? What's What's not? Yeah. This movie for sure. More so than, I mean, you kind of get that. You're gonna get that in the in, in the sequel too, but like the after like the first two, you don't get much of like is this is this a dream or is this real? And which is what I kind of I kind of miss about the rest. Yeah, I was the... gonna say I I enjoy not knowing what is actually happening. <laughs> and then the dad finally catches well, Freddy. Well, he doesn't really catch. Well, him. catch like but sees she, him she, actually she, grab. She, he sees her on. He sees he him see- on top of the mom. Well, he sees the mom like get lowered into the abyss there. But he, he sees, sees somebody struggling. Under yeah, them. isn't? I think he sees him for like a split second on top, like underneath the covers. But before that, like Nancy is like yelling for help out the window, and the cops like, <sighs> "Get my dad, you asshole!" Like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> maybe I should get the lieutenant. <laughs> yeah, maybe you should. <laughs> this girl is screaming. So good. I mean, it's obviously played for laughs. Yeah, he kills. But yeah, he kills the mom. She descends into an abyss. I love that scene. It's Heard. so weird. It reminds me of the shrunken head and Beetlejuice. The way her body shrinks into the bed. It looks like that. It's really creepy. And then I think there's like this part where you see Freddy like disappearing, but he has like blood on his face. But it looks pretty good. The makeup in this movie was really good. Oh yeah, even when the the movies don't necessarily help hold up narratively or thematically, yeah. or it, the the effects are, are are good throughout. And and the set design too. Like I love a good nineteen eighties suburban home with all the tchotchkes and stuff. I'm a big fan, and I thought they did really great with the set design. And this is, uh, and eventually Nancy, she says, I take back every bit of energy I ever gave you. And Freddie just kind of dissipates yeah. into like a, an old like TV fuzzy, you know, like the TV snow screen. Yeah. Which I'm kind of like, that's not how you defeat him. I know it's not. This is not the end, but it feels like it's supposed to be. But then again, we get back to that part or that uh, feeling of, is this real or is this a dream? I, uh... It's not the, it's not the greatest ending in the, in the world. I kind of liked it, uh, with the convertible. Well, I just, I mean, like, like. Oh, just the Freddy. Just him. yeah, like, I, I, I do agree. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't great. I understand it logically. I just, it just, it, it is, it does feel very anticlimactic. I almost would have liked the ending to be to have been, her catching Freddy, locking him in that room. Her going to scream for her dad and then her waking up and then doing the whole convertible mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. I felt like that would have been more interesting. Maybe, yeah. But then yeah, we get the the ending, which feel I mean, is feels like it has to be a dream itself because you even get the little girls like doing the nursery rhyme in, in it and I mean, I didn't think it was at first because I was like, wait, the smokiness is gone. And then you do see the smokiness again. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, shoot. And then they even mentioned the fog. 
They were like, this fog is crazy. I'm like, this is a dream, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> or, or is it really just foggy today? I don't know. Yeah, but when they pull up that top and it's red and green, I was just like, oh, man. Is Freddie now a car? Is this Herbie fully loaded? Freddie fully loaded. Is this Christine? Christine. And that's it. And that's and it. Yeah. What do you think? What do you? What do you? What do you? What are your final thoughts? It was really good. I enjoyed it a lot. I don't think it's a good movie to watch when you're sleepy. Yes. Um, because it did take a minute for me to to watch it. it. Took two tries because I kept falling asleep. But I also worked a lot that day. But anyway, uh, it's hard to pay attention to when you're a little sleepy because you just kind of want to go into your own dream. But besides that. Maybe if I watched it at 1 p.m. instead of like 10.30 at night. 1 p.m.? This is not a movie you watch at 1 p.m. It could be. It could be in this apartment. You have no sunlight that comes into this apartment. Yes, I do. You could easily watch it at 1 p.m. What do you think of it? What? How many times have you watched it now? I don't know how many times. Like 10? No. Probably close to that number. I mean, I still, I still, I still like it a lot. Freddy is the most iconic villains of all time. The effects work is amazing. The deaths or I mean, like the like I said, the Tina death scene is one of the most brutal. Very good. I think it's the second most like uncomfortable death scene in the entire series. There's one more that just because I, I not a huge fan of bugs, there's one more that makes you go, Ugh. Mm. I think that like we mentioned earlier, like the is this a dream or you know the the ambiguous nature to it definitely helps it quite a bit i mean i would give it four out of five stars i give it see i'm trying to remember what i gave halloween i feel like i gave it a four out of five i i think i'm gonna give this movie either a four or 4.5 depending on what i gave halloween if i gave halloween a four i give this a four give it a five I may have given Halloween a five. I don't know. I I, I feel like I, I feel pretty confident saying a four point five. I really liked it a lot. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was really good, and I can't wait to watch the other movies now. We'll get I am we'll really get excited for Friday the Thirteenth next week. Friday the Thirteenth is a by the book slant. Like this, Friday the Thirteenth is basically why is basically the movie why you have so many slasher knockoffs. That's why I'm excited to do it because I. I We've had some goofy movies the last couple of movies. Some goofy characters. There's not... Uh, no. Maybe not in Black Christmas. Yeah, we well, yeah, he was pretty goofy. <laughs> there, Yeah, there, there, there's a couple of goofy characters in Friday the 13th, yeah. Okay, well, we'll see. But yeah, uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street was, was quite good. So I'm ready to start the slasher marathon. All right, um, like we said, we're doing Friday the 13th next week, so make sure to tune in on Apple and Spotify for that. And we're on the road to Scream 6. Mm -hmm. See you next week. <laughs>